J Files on Double J. Josh Pike grew up surrounded by music. As a child, he was obsessed with his parents' record collection. He was always singing in the playground at school, and as he grew older, songs seemed to pour out of him. His career has taken him all over the world onto some of the biggest festival stages. He's collaborated with some of the finest musicians and he's written some of the most loved Australian songs. And it all started when a young Josh Pike got up on stage terrified in front of hundreds of people to perform at his year six graduation ceremony. I'm Kaz Tran. This is the J Files. Our earliest musical experiences can leave a lifelong imprint. For Josh Pike, early exposure to music had a profound impact. When I was a kid, we had a, a massive LP collection in the in the in the lounge room, and there was one you know one stereo system, not like today where you have a speaker in every room. But so we had to book time to go and listen to music and when I did get the chance to go listen to music I would just hoover up my parents record collection and it was very eclectic there was you know everything from XTC love through to you know blues stuff like Muddy Waters all the 70s singer songwriters like James Taylor and Jackson Brown Uh, you know Nick Drake of course the the standards, Beatles, Beach Boys. So it was very eclectic and I would just spend hours and hours in the front room, you know, pouring over the LP covers and looking at all the credit notes and seeing how all these bands were quite intertwined as well, you know, like people were popping up on each other's records and collaborating and stuff like that, which I found amazing, like Bowie, you know, producing Iggy Pop's records and... Stuff like that, I, I found that fascinating. So, yeah, my, my sort of first music that I really loved was all that 60s and 70s uh, stuff that my parents had, had really grown up on and passed on to me. So when I got a little bit older and I started to choose my own music and gravitate towards, you know, a certain style, it was very much metal. It started out with Aerosmith, I think, was Janie's Got a Gun, was really just, you know, we used to watch video hits in the morning and that song and the uh, film clip really captivated me. It seemed so dark and scary at the time. That was the first CD I, I got as a as a kid. Um, that was kind of our own choice, me and my sister, I think it was. From there, it just went on to, into you know Guns and Roses. Oh, 
appetite for destruction was just a massive one for me all through my early teens and uh, pre-teen years. I remember going on holidays with a friend of mine. We were sharing a set of headphones and um, listening to Appetite for Destruction. And I, again, I just I felt quite scared by it. All the, all the references and the screaming and the sexual innuendo and stuff was kind of blowing my mind as a as an eleven year old kid. But it was really metal for me from then on. For you know the, the varying degrees of metal. You know Metallica, early Ride the Lightning era Metallica. And then Soundgarden was a massive one, but it was yeah, it was that heavy kind of grunge-based uh, metal, metal-based grunge for for many, many, many years. I would say Soundgarden is still probably one of my biggest influences because I learned how to play guitar playing Soundgarden songs, and they play in drop D. Uh, which is a guitar tuning, and I still, to this day, play in drop D. So all the songs that I've written as a kind of more uh, singer-songwriter-style artist have all been written with the guitar tuning that Chris Cornell, you know, wrote all his extremely heavy power chord uh, songs on. So, yeah, I think uh, metal had a, had a great deal to do with the music that I went on to write. So my first gig was actually the Motley Crue concert at the Entertainment Centre and I went with my mate Dan and his mum dropped us off. We were, I think we were 11 and it was, you know, it was a big deal to go there. I, I borrowed a black t-shirt off my dad because that was the, the most metal thing that was available to me. You know, now that I think back about it, it was, it was such a, you know, pop version of the sort of music that I ended up getting into but, you know... Tommy Lee had his revolving drum cage. There was a pyrotechnics. Um, you know, for me, it was like a, a real mind-blowing awakening of what music can be in the live context. That was my first foray into into live music, and it was it was a big one. You know, um, massive, massive concert. I'm sure we must have looked fairly ridiculous. Now, having a ten-year-old son myself, you know, thinking of him at a at a, at a Molly Crew concert is is kind of funny. But for me, it was. Um, yeah, it was absolutely mind-blowing, and I remember it vividly to this day. My first gig that I ever played was actually my Year 6 graduation assembly gig, and it was the, one of the most frightening things I've ever done. Uh, I didn't want to do it at all. My friends uh, had a little band that they'd formed. They were playing covers, Creedence Clearwater covers and stuff like that. And they knew that I could sing because I'd always been in the choir and I was always singing around, you know, singing around the playground and whatever, um, just singing songs as you do. And so they knew I could sing. So my friend rang me up and said, you know, can you be the singer in this band? We've got this performance. And I was like, no way. That is the last thing I want to do. I was not a not an extroverted kid at all. Uh, and I talked to my mum about it and I said, you know, I don't want to do this. They've asked me to do this. And she said... She said, you know, if you do it and you hate it, you never have to do it again. But if you don't do it and that you see them up on the stage on the night, you're going to regret not doing it. And, you know, you don't want to live with these sorts of regrets. And it was, you know, one of the most seminal kind of pieces of advice I'd ever received at that, at that you know, nascent point in my life. So I did it. I called him back and I said, all right, I'll do it. And I was absolutely terrified. But I just, I guess it was, you know, mother's intuition or whatever, but as soon as I got up there, 
I was hooked. I just I was still nervous. I was still petrified, but it was in front of 600 parents and students, which is a pretty big crowd for your first gig. And I was wanted to puke, but after I'd done it, I was like, this is what I need to be doing. And it was literally from that point on, I was just like, this is the only thing I want to do with my life. And I never, I never changed course at all. So it was pretty, pretty important first gig. Josh Pike broke through in 2005 with his debut EP, Feeding the Wolves. The track Middle of the Hill was a particular favourite with fans voting it in at number 19 in the Triple J Hottest 100 that year. Josh Pike spoke to Robbie Buck on Triple J at the time about why he writes songs. Are you looking for emotional satisfaction in yourself? Are you looking for, is it a cathartic experience? What's the reason that you, you find yourself sitting down with an instrument and trying to plumb the depths of your mind i don't really know like i mean it's it's always different and i have a pretty good home studio set up and uh and so i demo all the stuff at home and occasionally like i'll, I'll finish a song and it, i just won't even really know where it's come from and it will just be finished and that's a very emotional experience and so, when it's when it's sounding good and when it's sounding like what i'd heard in my head it's like you know you can't help but choke up a little bit sometimes even you know because it's just it's like so satisfying, you know. It's the most satisfying thing you can do to to properly represent these things in your head. But in terms of like why I do it, I just think it's just because I can sort of thing, like, or because I have to or something. I remember like when I was about fifteen and I had a guitar teacher, and and uh, the guitar teacher said to me, "Some people want to be musicians, but I think that you have to be a musician." And that wasn't saying, he wasn't necessarily saying that I was any good. He was just saying that he could recognise in me a, a strange compulsion that maybe he had in himself as well um, to just do this thing. And, you know, I've been doing it for a long, long time now and there's got to be something good about it. Otherwise, I'm sure I would have quit by now. No, no. Where do your songs come to you? Well, generally with my songwriting process, I, I have, like, I'll just be noodling away on the guitar and I'll come up with a, a chord progression and a sort of, or a bit or whatever, and I'll just refine it over a while. And um, and then it comes to a vocal line and I'll just, I'll a vocal line will just come out. And, I, and then I'll literally just be singing gibberish. And, uh, and then a train of gibberish will sound like a real sentence. And then I'll latch onto that, and it's obviously something that's I've been thinking about that mm. I just haven't known how to, whatever, put down on paper. And then I just use that as the anchor point, and I just work from there. And I'll get a, like a chorus or whatever, and then it'll literally be I'll be w- walking around, walking to work, or walking on the weekend to wherever, and I'll just be walking in time to the song in my head, and I'll just slowly over the over a, you know a couple of weeks or a couple of days, just uh, write the song in my head pretty much, and. Pretty sure I'll be walking along playing air drums and throwing my hands about a bit as well sometimes. So <laughs> people go, "There's that freak again." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, t- 
take a song like uh, Middle of the Hill, for example, which um, which we did on Sink or Swim a few weeks ago, and even at that very early stage, really connected with an audience. Like people really latched onto it, you know, very quickly. Is that an autobiographical story? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the funny thing for me uh, as a songwriter. You know, that's the most personal song I've ever written. And for that reason, and also for the reasons that it doesn't really have a discernible chorus and stuff, I was sure that nobody would like that song. And, and then I played it live a couple of times and there was just an immediate reaction to it. And I, I just think it's the funny and interesting and like exciting part of songwriting for me. It's like it's the mystery of it for me that, you know, the song that people have sort of related to most so far, they've related to something which is intensely personal to me and very autobiographical. Uh, you know, it's that's the mystery. Like, how how are they relating to these things that I've actually done and seen? But that's awesome. Like, you know, that's a, it's a really it's a it's a very humbling kind of experience because, especially because the there's such mundane little experiences from my childhood. But I guess that's the point. You know, mm. people just get into that stuff. Mm. Middle of the hill continued to surprise Josh Pike. A few years after the interview, he travelled to the other side of the world to play one of the biggest festival bills. Again, that song connected deeply with fans. There have been so many great gigs that I've played over the years, it's hard to pick a favourite. You know, there's been the, the first sold-out show that I did at the Hope Town in Sydney, the now-defunct Hope Town, all the way through to playing festivals like, you know, Falls and Blues Festival and all that kind of stuff. But I think the one that really hit home that something pretty crazy was happening in my life was when I played Glastonbury uh, Festival in the UK. You know, it's a legendary festival. I'd always wanted to go, let alone play there, and to be playing on a, on a pretty big stage, you know, with this crowd that was, they knew the words to the songs. This was in a whole other country, um, and people were singing along to Middle of the Hill. mind-blowing experience and it was also one of the best weekends of my life I mean we stayed on site at Glastonbury in a camper van and had a wild time uh, and then almost missed our flight back to Australia which we we left straight after the festival finished so yeah looking back on all the gigs that I've played they've been all been amazing and they've all ranged from playing to 50 people in a regional town in Australia uh, you know or, or Scotland you know you know, small clubs in Scotland all the way through to playing huge festivals. But Glastonbury, just by the virtue of the fact that it's as legendary as it is, would have to be my favourite gig that I've played. Thank you. From one of the world's biggest festivals to working with some of the world's best musicians. One of Josh Pike's favourite collaborations was also one of the most challenging. Where two oceans meet, I will find you there. I, I think collaborations are extremely important and I've done a lot. I love collaborating. You know, despite being a solo artist and, and maybe a, a, appearing to be kind of self-sufficient, I, I collaborate all the time and I think it's really the key to unlocking 
creativity um, in an artist. So, you know, I've done a lot. I've done stuff with hip-hop artists like, you know, um, 360 and Earthboy and, and, and obviously with other singer-songwriters like Passenger and Alana Stone and Katie Steele. Um, and I've produced other artists as well, which is, which is a highly collaborative uh, process. But I, I think the, my favourite one that I've done was the collaboration with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. That one for me was a collaboration that just like pushed every every limit that I had as a musician. I mean, I, I st still can't read music, um, and so to step on stage with, you know, the most qualified musicians <laughs> in the world was extremely daunting for me. You know, I really had to push myself to learn how to collaborate with musicians such as these. Uh, and also the compose all the composers and arrangers that that did all the um, you know the the, the arrangements and um, composition to create these incredible symphonic kind of pieces of music out of my singer songwriter stuff. It was a highly collaborative process, and for me, it was the most gratifying because it really pushed me beyond where I thought I was capable of going as a musician. Um, and it went so well. I'd love to do another one. I, I'm, that's definitely on my bucket list is to do another collaboration. Uh, it was just, it was magical. It was intensely, intensely frightening uh, and then very gratifying when it, all, when it all came off. It really gave me a new confidence in myself as a musician. So we are moving to a lighthouse, you and I While seas drown sailors will be locked up safe and dry and though our doors may knock and rattle in the wind I'll just hold you tight and we'll not let those fuckers in Award-winning albums, countless shows and a legion of fans around the world. Josh Pike is very thankful for his musical life. I have done way more than I ever thought that I was going to do. I think everybody that knows my music knows that I came to this reasonably late in the sense that I was playing music since I was 12, but it was only when I was 26 or 27 that I, that I got my first record deal and you know I didn't put out my first album until I was 30, I think. And so I was you know, almost convinced that nothing much was going to happen for me musically. So when I look back on my career now, I just feel enormously grateful and I try really, really hard to kind of stay in touch with that gratitude and remember all these things. So when, when I'm playing live and I'm singing all these songs that were influenced by the times that I was experiencing when writing these songs, I really do relive them and it allows me to stay in touch with those moments. So, yeah, I look back and I feel gratitude and I feel an enormous sense of relief as well because I don't know what the hell else I would have done if, if music hadn't kind of happened. And it also allows me to kind of feel really excited about the future. Like I, I know that I've got more songs in me than I'll ever have time to write in my life. I also know more than ever that it's the, it's the thing that keeps me grounded is writing songs and expressing, you know, the way I view the world or the experiences that I'm having through, through music. So looking back, I feel relieved and grateful and looking forward, I feel excited and hopeful, which is, which is a really nice place to be in after you know, after almost 20 years. 
that's Josh Pike sharing some of the highlights from his career so far. The J Files is produced by Gab Burke. I'm Kaz Tran. Catch you next time. Lace up your boots tied to the jagged line of a million different lives under the legal side. Cause I wanna be someone worthy of your conversation. Madness in the moonless night. So shake off your leeward side. The J Files.